Hello, everyone, and welcome back to SALT Talks. My name is John Darcy. I'm the Managing Director of SALT, which is a global thought leadership forum and networking platform at the intersection of finance, technology, and public policy. SALT Talks are a digital interview series with leading investors, creators, and thinkers. And our goal on these talks is the same as our goal at our SALT conferences, which we were very uh, pleased to host today's guest at our recent Crypto Bahamas conference in partnership with FTX. Uh, but our goal at those conferences and our goals here are to provide a window into the mind of subject matter experts, as well as a platform for what we think are big ideas that are shaping the future. We're excited today to bring you the latest episode of the SALT Crypto Show, which is also presented by FTX. And our guest today is Dr. P. Jillian Bethel, who's the CEO of OKX for the Bahamas uh, and a lifelong champion of the Bahamian crypto community. Jillian is an entrepreneur and a former, uh, former obstetrician. Did I pronounce that right, Jillian? Gynecologist, OBGYN, uh, who became interested in blockchain and distributed ledger technologies while leading international health management and medical research teams. In 2018, Jillian returned to the Bahamas to apply blockchain initiatives to grow the Bahamian economy and culture. Uh, her entrepreneurial talent has increased the capacity growth among her peers and created a launch pad for those looking to come to the jurisdiction under the DARE Act, as FTX did. Uh, Jillian is, a pas is passionate about driving digital transformation and diversity. She joined OKX, the world's leading uh, cryptocurrency ecosystem and exchange, to fulfill her mission to make crypto accessible to everyone. Jillian, it's a pleasure to have you here. It was a pleasure to have you in the Bahamas as well. Um, the first question I want to ask you, so I talked a little bit about your background as an OBGYN, that then transferred uh, your skills and knowledge into the world of blockchain, uh, sort of a non-traditional route into crypto. Uh, could you talk a little bit more about your background, You know why you decided to go into the medical field and then why you decided to make that transition from the medical field into blockchain and, and now with OKX? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, John. Thank you, Salt. Um, so me going into uh, the medical field, this is a funny story, so please indulge me for a second. Um, being very young and having the exposures that I had in the Bahamas, I just wanted to make my parents proud and tell them about a career that they would be proud of. So I said I'd be a doctor. And in child time, I guess, about uh, a week later at church, someone else asked me what I wanted to be when I grew, when I grew up. And I said, a doctor again, uh, because I didn't want to lie in church. And I kept a lie up and I kept going. And I became a doctor and then I specialized and I became a surgeon and I was truly passionate about it. I wanted to contribute to country and um, and I became a surgeon uh, doing that. Um, eventually, um, eventually, during my medical research, I, I happened upon uh, blockchain technology. Um, we were using uh, some of the tech to see how we can uh, share data um, with uh, with another hospital or some metadata with another hospital. And when I realized what we were doing, um, I fell down that proverbial rabbit hole and I just kept going. And now I'm the CEO of OKX Bahamas. Yeah. No, it's, it's fascinating to hear about that, that type of background into crypto. And I've always thought that, you know, medical records, the sharing of medical information, obviously it's extremely sensitive, but it always struck me as a, you know, a, a clear utility for blockchain in a way to, to share information confidentially and and anonymously, but also be able to share information more freely such that it'll improve health outcomes. So 
I'm hopeful to see people like yourself, smart people that are working in blockchain that also understand the medical field and all the different constraints that come along with sharing information there uh, and apply blockchain both in that field and also with things like supply chains and and other uh, other areas where it does have real utility, which is often a question that skeptics have about the blockchain industry. But uh, before we get into talking about the Bahamas, we were talking a little bit before we got started about your personal background as well, where you born and raised in the Bahamas until you were age 17. Then you spent uh, more than a decade in Asia. Could you talk about sort of the experiences that you had growing up and the experiences that you had in Asia and how that sort of diversity of experiences shaped you and, and your mindset? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the Bahamas, obviously, especially during the time that I was growing up, I'm not that old, but um, during the time that I was growing up, uh, we had exposure to, you know, American television and, and um, we frequently went to the U.S., um, but it was kind of limited there. The, I credit my mom with uh, really just uh, pushing me to be a little bit more exposed. So summers in Montreal and um, eventually saying, hey, you need to learn a new language and her basically kicking me halfway around the world to, to head over to China. Um, that was that was her doing. She just really wanted me to learn another language. Um, so exposure um, as as a young Bahamian um, always came in the form of, you know, what we can access. Um, once I got to China, the world was mine um, and I just went all over the place. Um, I just uh, tried to understand as much as I could about about not just medicine, but business, um, the culture, the language, and how that translates to culture, all of these things. Uh, um, and so, uh, so for me, um, exposure uh, kind of got me to crypto. Um, my last three years or four years in China were spent um, just going to whatever crypto meetup I could find, um, eventually leaving uh, China to come home to the Bahamas once I heard about the DARE Act. Um, I, I, I kept my uh, finger on the Bahamian pulse and um, just definitely wanted to see what was going on here. The second I heard about the Bahamas becoming a tech hub potentially and the DARE Act, I was just out of there. I was right back home to, to do what I always said I would, and that's contribute to the Bahamas. So I think China probably has some beautiful beaches, but it doesn't hold a candle to the Bahamas as we all experienced uh, last month at Crypto Bahamas. So. Um, so let's talk about the Bahamas. Uh, you came home, you got interested in crypto in China, you decided to come home to the Bahamas under the DARE Act. I know FTX being a close friend and partner of ours uh, certainly was attracted to the Bahamas because of the strong regulatory framework that was built there and also lifestyle, proximity to the United States. A variety of different factors led them, I believe, uh, to relocate their headquarters from Hong Kong to the Bahamas. Maybe they were just riding your coattails, making that move from from China back to the Bahamas. But could you talk about what's happening in the Bahamas right now? I think you know, we just hosted Crypto Bahamas. The conference down there brought, obviously, a lot of people who weren't necessarily fully aware of the really strong framework and, and entrepreneurial environment that's been built. But can you talk about uh, all the attention the destination has been getting and, and what's taking place in the Bahamas? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know. What, what's going on here is we have a history. We have a history of being a top financial center, having um, some of the best frameworks, having some of uh, the best talent. And this is just the next iteration of that. Um, we realize here in the Bahamas that we could play a central role in, in really rebuilding uh, the financial ecosystem. And I think, I think anyone who knows me knows that I'm a quintessential millennial. And, um, and I think 
right now what's going on is a rebuilding of our financial ecosystem um, for our generation. And this, this, is, this is absolutely, absolutely exciting um, for me and for people of my age here in the Bahamas. Um, we're excited about you know, opportunities for economic growth, entrepreneurship, um, job creation, um, these things in, in, a, in an industry that we are all very, very excited about, right? And then the Bahamas also has like a, a strong uh, reputation uh, for investors and um, a, a launch pad for a lot of investors to kind of scale up what they're doing. Um, we have a, a friendly ecosystem for international companies, and that's been a longstanding thing here. And, and right back to our talent pool, um, when you put all these things together and you start to think about, um, about, about uh, the crypto side of it, what we see is a regulatory framework that's been built from the ground up for crypto. Um, we, we have the DARE Act that, that really embraces the community and is prepared to, or structured in a way to evolve with the crypto community and kind of provide the Bahamas as a home. And um, along with that framework comes uh, all of the, the local talent pool in the financial services who are all learning about blockchain, who are becoming experts in blockchain as well. I, I would like to think that I'm an example um, and, 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 and moving along with the industry and who are here in the Bahamas kind of ready to provide um, that expertise to support uh, the industry, support the framework and create a robust um, uh, crypto community here in the Bahamas. So you, you talked about the Dare Act, and for people that aren't as familiar with what it is and Bahamas, the Bahamas' approach to regulation around digital assets, could you describe it to people and, and what makes it attractive for a company like OKX and FTX uh, to relocate to the Bahamas? Yeah, absolutely. So the Dare Act, like I said, it was it was built from the ground up uh, for for crypto companies. Um, it's quite kind of hard to uh, fit a square peg into a circle. And um, I think a lot of jurisdictions are doing exactly that. Um, very few jurisdictions are, are creating a, a square hole for a square. And, um, and uh, that's, that's exactly what's going on in the Bahamas. The DARE Act embraces exchanges. It, it, it embraces uh, digital asset businesses um, uh, and, and about four, four categories total of, 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 of crypto businesses. And uh, very soon, uh, as as has been released, um, will uh, embrace stable coins and and a couple other um, facets of the crypto industry. Um, so the Dare Act really just provides a home uh, for the crypto industry, uh, where the sun, sand, and sea are the best. Absolutely, yeah. I can attest to that. And you know, you've seen several jurisdictions around the world start to become aggressive in courting. Uh, the digital asset ecosystem to, to migrate there. Uh, countries that we think are doing a great job, places like the United Arab Emirates, you know, Dubai and Abu Dhabi in particular. Um, you know, certain jurisdictions in Asia, although China, as you know, has started to crack down on, on more of the decentralized digital currency world. But do you think it's important for the crypto community to operate inside of these regulated environments? And why do you think it's so important that, that cryptocurrencies try to fall under these regulatory umbrellas rather than operating sort of outside of established uh, regulation? Yeah. Um, so, you know, in, in any industry, there are good players and good players want to do the, do, do the right thing. Um, 
we at OKX, we want to do exactly that. Um, it, it's all about making sure that as adoption grows, that you give um, your clients a safe haven to really uh, do what they want to do. Um, our platform, obviously, is one of the most uh, robust ones, and that robustness needs to be supported by a framework uh, that people can rely on. Um, it's really important for crypto exchanges like OKX um, to, to, to be a part of that framework. Um, I know crypto by nature um, tends to be uh, something that we think should be separate and apart, uh, some people think at least, should be separate and apart from any government control. But the truth is, you know, uh, to some extent, or, well, to ver uh, very many extents, our, our clients need to be protected. And if we, we in the industry want to show that we are about uh, making sure that everyone's safe, uh, making sure that everyone has the opportunities, um, then we need to also be uh, regulated. Um, it's always better to obviously be regulated in a jurisdiction that, that the where the framework is actually made for us. So um, yeah, I think it's important uh, to be regulated. And even the Bahamas, even before sort of these jurisdictions uh, got aggressive in courting the crypto industry, the Bahamas has been sort of ahead of the curve on that. You talked about uh, the country's desire to reestablish itself as a financial center by you know, adapting to this Web 3.0 architecture um, when in, in traditionally it's been involved in sort of offshore banking and stuff like that. But could you talk about the government and your conversations with the government? Uh, why they were so early and how they were so early in recognizing um, this industry was going to be a game changer. They they were pioneers with the sand dollar, which is one of the original central bank digital currencies and, and just the mindset that the government has there. Right. So I'll comment as much as I can. Obviously, yep. I won't know all of the thoughts uh, of the government here. But, um, you know, we we have traditionally been um, kind of forerunners when there's nascent in industries coming forward in, in, in finance, um, our offshore banking, other financial services, um, we've been top class. And um, like, like I said earlier, this is just the next iteration of that. Um, I think uh, there's a, a great debate, um, uh, or maybe it's not a great debate about <laughs> our financial services sector here in the Bahamas um, having a level of decline. Um, so just like the sand dollar, there was definitely a level of innovation um, and uh, exploration and moving out of a comfort zone uh, to really see what this next iteration of finance is and how to really, really embrace it. I, I feel that the government has really embraced crypto. Um, recently, uh, you would have heard about the, the white paper that the Bahamas released. And um, in there, you'll see that um, uh, instruments for inclusion, like the sand dollar, um, and and uh, widening the scope of financial services, so that um, the Bahamas can be a big player in 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 everything that 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 kind of every, everything that's included in the financial services industry. Um, the Bahamas is 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 making its move to embrace all of it. So I think the white paper says by 2026, there's a lot of things that will happen, including. Um, being able to pay uh, taxes um, in in some form of cryptocurrency, um, that that part of it, I think we need to be very um, 
vigilant and understand that there is a large um, there's a large unbanked population here in the Bahamas yeah. that need, that needs to be included in the fi- in the financial uh, structure. Also, there's a huge offshore or uh, expat or um, um, just kind of part time resident here in the Bahamas. And if the world is moving toward it, it only makes sense that we adjust our systems here in the Bahamas to make sure that we can embrace everyone who wants to uh, call the Bahamas home. And crypto is is a perfect, perfect vehicle for that. Yeah, I know, you know, OKX and, and FTX is very passionate about helping the unbanked population for certain is that, you know, around the world, whether you're talking about certain parts of Asia, uh, Africa, Latin America, um, a huge unbanked populations, and it's hard to get a traditional bank account. And in a lot of situations, we were talking about uh, one of our, talking with one of our guests about this on a recent Salt Crypto Show episode, but you often have to get a referral letter from somebody to even open a bank account. And a lot of people in these populations don't have access to, to do that. And Crypto holds a lot of promise in terms of helping to provide the unbanked with financial services, help with remittances and, and payments and things of that nature. So yeah. great this, promise in that regard. Yeah, this is this is something that X, uh, OKX is, is very passionate about. Um, the first question you asked is, how do you go from being a medical doctor to to uh, the CEO of OKX? Um, you know, I was a crypto entrepreneur and and, you know, when OKX kind of came and talked to me, um, it was a no-brainer because the passions really, really aligned, the goal really, really aligned. And that goal had a lot to doing with, uh, had a lot to do with making sure that the future was the future of finance did not exclude anyone. Um, and and that it was really embra- embraced mainly uh by the people who already do it, but also by the people who uh can't get in right now. And specifically in, into the financial services industry. Yep. And you, you talked about the other element you, you talked about in your last answer was about part-time residents, expats who are coming down to the Bahamas, maybe in a different uh, business environment than we were in pre-pandemic. I have friends and people in the industry that I know who, who did exactly what you described, which is during the pandemic, you know, things in New York, for example, were shut down. Uh, they decided to come down to the Bahamas to, to visit their vacation home but then said, you know what, I have everything that I need here, including uh, a very progressive regulatory regime, uh, an environment where more and more people are moving down and creating uh, a very strong talent ecosystem in the Bahamas. And they decided, why shouldn't I just live here full time? And so you, you definitely are seeing that, at least I'm seeing it anecdotally within, within our community, our SALT community. And talking about some of those people, a lot of them participated uh, at Crypto Bahamas, the conference that, that you recently spoke at and that OKX was a, a partner. What was your conversations like? What were your conversations like with people that were there that might have been experiencing the Bahamas and the vibrant ecosystem there for the first time? And sort of what did you get out of it uh, being at Crypto Bahamas? Right. Um, so first of all, I mean, thank you guys for uh, all of the uh, organizers for putting on a really, really great um, expo of what uh, the where the industry is going and what the Bahamas has to offer. Um, obviously, being uh, Bahamian, I got a lot of questions about really what the Bahamas really does have to offer. And right. I, was, I was proud to be an ambassador. Um, for, for me, um, you know, coming out of China, coming out of COVID, my exposure to conferences is not as much as I think other people's would be, um, at least not English language conferences. And so this was, I, this was one of my first 
And it was definitely a, a high bar uh, that was set, um, I would think. Um, for OKX, um, I, I think uh, we, we, with the help of you guys, definitely made a splash. Um, we got to not only learn about why people might even think to come to the Bahamas or why, um, why people, what people wanted to learn about coming to the Bahamas, but we really got to demonstrate some of the strong points um, of what the Bahamas has to offer. And that is really the sun tendency, obviously, but the DARE Act um, and then the local talent. Our team right now is comprised of 100% uh, uh, local talent, 100% Bahamians. And um, uh, we're really working to explore um, what the framework can really offer, um, but also to uh, add a Bahamian element to OKX's global workforce, and not only the Bahamian, uh, the Bahamian uh, as workers, but also Bahamians as innovators, uh, Bahamians and experts in this regulator, uh, regulated space, and, um, and really see what we can offer our global team. Uh, beside that, um, the conference itself really gave us a lot of exposure, I would say. Um, we are going on to five years. This is OKX, founded in 2017. We're going on to five years, um, and this is a pivotal year for us. Uh, we've, we've had a, held a, a stronghold in the Asian markets uh, for a while. Uh, fun fact, OKX is one of the very first exchanges that I used, um, oh, wow. and so this, is, this has become full circle, um, but, you know, Five years, uh, 20 million users, 186 different jurisdictions. Um, and this year is all about um, moving into the West, uh, the Western world, um, and really offering our robust uh, blockchain ecosystem, crypto exchange to the Western world. Uh, and we know that they will love it. Yeah. All right. Well, well great to hear that the Bahamas is central to, to that ambition. Um, Let's talk about OKX more for a second. You gave us a great introduction to the firm, almost five years old now. Uh, but for people that aren't as familiar with OKX, can you tell us more about the company? Obviously, you're, you're a leading crypto exchange. What are the ambitions of the firm, You know, let's say, over the next three to five years in terms of the scope of the, the issues that you're looking to tackle? Yeah, absolutely. So OKX, uh, our, our, our kind of slogan right now is better future, game on. Um, and that's all about us doing exactly what I'm passionate about and where the strongest point of alignment is for me and OKX. And that's making sure that we kind of empower uh, the next generations to take blockchain and apply it uh, to just everyday life. Um, that's a big part of, of what OKX is about. Um, we are a crypto exchange, but we're also a blockchain ecosystem. Um, and, and, and that's one of the big things. Um, where our, our, our platform itself is very, very robust, and we're always looking to make that user experience uh, something that's that's uh, that's that's well sought after by the client, um, by our users. Um, and we talked we talked a bit, John, about um, the unbanked population. Um, a big, big part of of OKX mission is to make sure that we have a fair. Um, System, a fair and trusted financial system and, and uh, for the unbanked population. And we want to be the people who kind of lead that. Um, and we're, we're moving toward it uh, big time. So yeah, OKX, five years and, and moving toward making sure that we 
create this blockchain ecosystem for uh, everyone. Right. And you talked about how uh, OKX has been extremely committed to hiring local talent, and they've been able to tap into uh, a population of people that that believe in innovation, that are hungry to work and to and to innovate. Um, what are your plans with OKX, and generally to further educate Bahamian citizens, people in in the the Caribbean region, and just generally unbanked populations uh, around? how crypto can sort of transform their lives and, and transform their, their financial future. Right. So our platform alone will, will do that. Um, the thing is that, you know, we've had a stronghold in Asia and now we're kind of stepping out uh, to the rest of the world, kind of let them know what we're all about. Um, as for our Bahamas team, the local talent, we, we really want to just, you know, bring, like, like I said, earlier, just bring our expertise and, and contribute that to uh, this global expansion that, that OKX is, is pushing forward with right now. Um, uh, being kind of experts in this regulated space, we have our, uh, and when I say uh, being experts in this regulated space, I'm talking about the DARE Act. Um, I think Bahamians know the DARE Act a little bit better than everybody else. <laughs> um, and so, so that talent uh, is definitely contributing to the overall health of the ecosystem. Um, and we are, uh, OKX is, is really uh, just helping to sculpt, scout out that talent, nurture that talent, and empower that talent to be more a part of the ecosystem. Um, we can start with our own house and, and welcome Bahamian talent in to, uh, to kind of, like I say, add to our global expansion. Um, the other, the other thing is that we're just, um, we're, uh, leading the effort to secure opportunities under the DARE Act. And, um, um, and that comes with the innovations that will happen eventually with the, with the DARE Act. Like I said, the, the DARE Act is ready to kind of move with the ecosystem. And as, as the ecosystem moves, DARE Act kind of supports it. And it will be those local people who are able to contribute to that to that growth of the framework. So I think we would be remiss uh, as we're talking about crypto on the Salt Crypto Show to not talk about current market conditions and, and get your read on what's happening, why it's happening, and the way forward for the industry. We're talking right now during a historically volatile week for crypto, at least for the, the newer generation of crypto investors. Obviously, people that have been invested long term in crypto markets, uh, as you have, have experienced multiple periods of intense volatility by traditional market standards like we're seeing this week. Um, what do you make? Why are we uh, having such extreme volatility at this stage of the sort of maturation cycle for crypto markets? Uh, and what do you think that the industry needs to do to continue to, to solidify the ecosystem and, and move forward in a solid manner? Right. So I can't comment much on on why the market is uh, the way it is, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but I but I will say this: um, education in our space is is very important right now, uh, and this this may uh, contribute a bit to to why the market is the way it is. Maybe not this week, uh, but um, education is huge uh, when we when we think of mass adoption of crypto you know, events like Crypto Bahamas definitely help that. Um, getting crypto into people's uh, homes and, and having it as, a, as an everyday kind of word now. 
Um, when we start to see that education is absolutely key um, because uh, you know, if, and this is this is quite obvious, right? If we if we don't have education, then in especially in the financial markets, we'll see people who kind of lose out. They lose motivation. They lose interest. Um, education obviously is just just very important. Our plan for OKX is to help with the education. It's to help uh, reach more people, especially in the local community. Um, that's education about blockchain um, and 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 about crypto and to explore the opportunities for the local community, but also the community outside on how that happens. So we, you know, tech opportunities, blockchain application opportunities, um, investment opportunities, trading opportunities. And then, um, and then the other thing is OKX has a huge online platform that helps with education. And so I think, I think um, we realize that the volatility will decline as adoption increases and education is kind of central to keeping all of that kind of in view and, and happening in the right way. Yeah, obviously during these periods of volatility, we have funds that are invested into a variety of crypto assets from uh, mature liquid tokens to uh, venture investments in the space. And certainly we get a lot of calls from, from clients and investors during periods like this. And we always preach what you described, which is don't focus on the price, especially founders of the, the protocols that we respect the most. You know, they say the same thing, which is they're not focused on the price of tokens. They're, they're focused on the fundamental uh, factors and, and fundamental adoption on the chain. How many people are using it to build applications uh, that people are using that are, that are leveraging? It's it's much more about adoption and adoption and penetration as opposed to okay, this is uh, volatility and fluctuation in the price of these crypto assets. So. If you really boil down the the fundamentals uh, that underlie a lot of these chains, you're continuing to see the arrow go up and to the right, which is uh, a sign of people getting educated, a sign of people developing trust. And so I think you know when you have an emerging asset class, you're inevitably going to see volatility, especially as global governments continue to work around how they're going to regulate these these asset classes. But uh, you know fundamentally, things are still moving in the right direction, and it's interesting to see an industry that's Experienced volatility certainly in the last couple of months, but uh, I think people's confidence in the future of the industry hasn't really wavered uh, in the face of that volatility, which is certainly encouraging to see. Um, the last question I want to ask you is just around the future. You know, I asked you some questions about sort of the near-term future, but if you look out into the next, let's say, ten years in the Bahamas, and and even globally, but with a particular focus on the Bahamas, what do you see the crypto community and the crypto community in the Bahamas looking like? in terms of, of how mature it is and, and how it's contributing to a vibrant uh, economic future and just a vibrant ecosystem generally. Yeah, and, and just, just to round up kind of the, the, the last question so that we can yeah. lead into this one with, with, a, with a really- uh, a bow on everything. Right, um, so, so just now we talked about education and adoption and that's, that's, our, that's our goal. Our goal is to increase that adoption, give people a great, really uh, great and easy and a robust platform to use and make sure that they have the education to go along with it. So in the next five years, the crypto community in the Bahamas, I, I expect to see a, a community that is well-versed in, in, financial, uh, in financial education, um, uh, a community that is um, very uh, nimble in the crypto space. Um, I've been working in the space here in the Bahamas uh, for the last five years as well. And um, and I'm seeing I'm seeing uh, 
Bahamians alone just uh, just go from one place in crypto to the other. Um, in the next five years, with the help of OKX, um, the education, the adoption, I, I expect to see it um, increased. Um, speed, market depth for OKX is, is something that um, is something that uh, we're we're really really working on. We have the fastest platform. We have a platform that um, that that is unwavering, especially in these volatile times. And and in the next three years, I would say, uh, not five years. In the next three years, I expect uh, to see our ma- market depth uh, respond to all the positive parts of our platform. Um, um, in the next five years, I expect, I guess, that growth from the adoption of crypto education along with it to just be exponential. Um, and and I expect to see OKX and its logo as a big part of it. Well, I did see the OKX logo also on a couple uh, or at least one car during the Miami Grand Prix this week. And I said, hey, that's our friends over at OKX. I think it was who, whose car are you on? Daniel Ricardo? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the so that, that was cool. And Danny Riccardi. And, and yeah, that, that kind of speaks to it. So that alignment, that alignment there is all about, you know, the things that we're, we're very much about. Um, uh, speed, number one, uh, moving up in the rankings. Uh, we're, we're very much moving toward um, uh, first place, right? So that speed, moving up. And, and, you know, one thing we know about getting from P4 to P1 is, is all about, um, not just the driver, but the team behind it. And and one thing that OKX is just huge on is the team and uh, welcoming Bahamians into it. Coming to the Bahamas is just a wonderful part of it. Well, you, you guys are certainly doing things the right way. So Dr. P. Jillian Bethel, uh, it's great to have you back in the Bahamas from, from China. We're great to have you on, on this side of the world. And uh, it was great seeing you at Crypto Bahamas. Hope to see you again there next year. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much, John. Uh, And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to today's Salt Talk with Jillian Bethel, the new CEO of OKX based in the Bahamas. Just a reminder, if you missed any part of this episode or any of our previous episodes, you can access them all on demand on our website at salt.org backslash talks or on our YouTube channel or on any podcast app uh, where you consume your podcast. Uh, We're also on social media. Twitter is where we're most active at Salt Conference, but we're also on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook as well. And please spread the word about these Salt Talks. We talked about the importance of education. uh, And so we we like to make these available to everyone in order to to educate people in our community around the merits of of a blockchain-based financial system. But on behalf of the entire Salt team, this is John Darcy signing off from Salt Talks for today. We hope to see you back here again soon.